Hey everyone, I know you've heard me speak about microdosing and how much I love it. And I'm talking about microdosing THC. I love it. And that's why I love our sponsor, microdose.com. Microdose gummies are incredible. They deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. And when I mean just the right amount of good, I mean in so many situations, anxiety, sleep, focus, pain, relaxation. There are so many different strains and they're really helpful. And I have recommended microdose.com to so many people. And you know what they say to me? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Don't be afraid of microdosing. Go to microdose.com and you'll learn all about microdosing THC. These gummies feel amazing. They taste amazing. I have used them to get me into the zone I need to write. I've used them at night after a stressful day or a stressful show to relax. I have also said to family members, please take a gummy right now. And they've said, oh, good idea. So check it out. Check it out because they're fantastic. And I'm not like a big weed person. I mean, I used to be. And I do enjoy, I do enjoy weed every now and then, but I love, I love these gummies and I take them with me everywhere. So check it out. Don't be afraid. They're all natural. They're fantastic. And you deserve it. So what are you going to do? You're going to do something that is fantastic. You're going to get 30% off your first order. 30% off. That's a lot. Plus free shipping today at microdose.com. Use promo code Judy Gold, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D. It's available nationwide. They deliver it to your door. That is microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold for 30% off and free shipping. Do it. Go to microdose.com, promo code Judy Gold. You deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what else? You're welcome. Well, I don't see the point in waiting any longer. Let's bring her out. The star attraction, the one you came to see. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Ms. Judy Gold. You end up going to this college called Brown, um, which yes. I've never heard yes. of. And the same. so were you the were you the valedictorian of your class in high school? Of my high school? Yeah. Um, no, but I was I was a good painter. So I got into Brown because of my painting. So No, really? I, yeah, 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 yeah. So I hide my light under a bushel all the time, but like I can paint. And so that's paint? how I got into paint? Brown. I usually paint narrative. I love to paint like a scene, um, uh, city life. Uh, I like photorealism, things like that. Like, yeah, that's that's me. I love that. Yeah. You do yeah, portraits yeah. or anything or no? I could do portraits. I've just never done them before. I've, did you? I've just, yeah. Did you ever make money painting? I never. No, I never sold a piece. I just, I just loved doing it, and I was like, "Oh, this is great." My so, dad bought all my pieces once and all. Oh, I love him. So you you went in for painting. Did you did you get a degree in art, or did you switch majors? Or so 
I switched majors and I studied business economics because I thought I was going to go to Wall Street. And um, wait, so you and, go in for painting and then you switch? I mean, like, and you switch to business economics? Like, what the fuck is that? That's like. I love economics and markets and things like that, Ugh. and I oh always God. love that. I don't. But <laughs> no, wait, come back. That's a Jew thing. It's a Jew thing. (laughs) I'm the daughter of a tax attorney. So, um, oh really? Oh my gosh! Let's talk about statements of cash flow. No, uh, my father was a a lawyer and a CPA. I I don't. I can't. I got a D in accounting in college. Okay, so I find that a lot of comedians are musicians, and then um, because of the timing and the rhythm, okay, and and yet I've recently found a bunch of comedians who paint and draw. Like I, yeah. and I often use this, you know, I, I have a new book out. Yes, I can say that when they came for the comedians, we're all in trouble. And so <laughs> when, when I describe what we do, like that we are the only art form where you, you, you know, people see a work in progress mm-hmm. and, and, and inform us whether something's funny or not or where the line is, you know? But I often think, you know, like a painter never paints like a 10th of a painting and then brings an audience in front and, and like, <laughs> right? Do I put the tree here? Do I, what do you guys think? No, it's actually the, the most amazing part is that you get to, you know, it's your own company and you, I've never been so focused and so like self-contained um, and self-possessed as when I'm painting. But at the same time, I fucking love an audience, you know? And right. I, I, I mean, it's, it's not, it's, it's honestly not apples and oranges. It was just that like, uh, when I got to school, I was honestly, I wanted to do something that um, I thought that I wanted, I just got turned on by, by like this economics course I took. And I and I and oh I kept God, painting like on the side. I was always God. taking art classes. I never had the same people in my class, which was nice. Right. You know? So it was like you'd meet a lot of different people, which I kind of liked. I think in the, then in my comedy, I like to talk about like socioeconomic things. Things right, that aren't right. specifically about race, but are but but you're like, oh okay, wait a minute. Social wait a minute. commentary. Can, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like I, I talk about like apple picking. I go out with a you know, I'm with a white. They don't tell you how much apple picking is involved. You know, like she asked me to go apple picking with her on our third date. I was like, I'm black. We picked everything we're going to pick. But like you go out there and it's a good time. Right. Like, you know, like, but it's like you're playing cosplay. Right. right. About, you know what I'm saying? Like, like being like a Mexican migrant. Right, worker. right. But, but you know what? But, but people like it. And you know who really loves it is like, is educated, well-to-do East Coasters. Right, like, I know, when people are like, in the fall, people are always like, oh, we're going apple picking. I'm like, ew, like just, (laughs) I know. (laughs) Right, exactly. So it's like- It would be like if we went, yeah, if I went, you know, we're going to go sewing. We're going to go to the garment district. We're going to, you know, (laughs) we're going to slice meat. Well, we're going to go to the meat slicing thing. Yeah. So you graduate Brown. You become a copywriter, right? Yes. Was that right yes. away? So that was right away. There was a lady that was coming to, and, and that's probably like part of going to Brown is like this lady was walking around Brown's campus 
literally recruiting people to work in advertising. And, and so it was with the biggest ad agency in the world, McCann Erickson. And I got a summer internship and then I, and then I wrote for them and I was always trying to bring in the best comedians for commercials. Did you have did to I audition? have to audition for for commercials? Like, did you have to? No, no. Well, did I, you have I, to write do a writing sample for the copywriting job? No. Or were they like, oh, they go to Brown? We just don't. Yeah. Yeah, they're like rubber stamp. Uh, that's fine. People go okay. to they go to advertising school. So I learned on the job, but it was cool. I learned a lot, and that's what I like about myself is that I'm an autodidact. I read everything from like Leo Burnett to you know to to you name it. Um, shy at days like right uh take on 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 advertising and got in 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 a summer i i I'd read all like a, a lion's share of the books i worked on that for like five years i tried so hard to get comedians that became legends into commercials and right. the people at the ad agencies would ne- they, they never they just didn't get it well so, i was just gonna so. say you know i've gone on never done a commercial but i am always called in always they're like can you just improvise uh here like do it this way and then do it in your own words and then i watch the commercial i'm like i wrote that you fuckhead (laughs) that's exactly what it is that's exactly what it is and and they'll be like a this person type and i'm like just take that person and that'll be fine i remember we were like um it was, it was, uh, there was an ad I was coming up with for Coca-Cola and it was just like two cans talking and I wanted Patrice O'Neill and I wanted Dimitri Martin and, and one was going to be diet and one was going to be regular Coke. Right. And it was, it was just in Patrice. Oh, that would have been great. Martin. Yeah. They were like, who are these people? We have no idea who they are. Like, we're just, I was like, they're, trust me, they're funny. They're, they're, they're great. Like they, they. Who did it, they end up getting? Was, Fuckhead one and fuckhead two. I have no idea who they booked. It's always it, it the same nowhere. people. Yeah. It's always yeah. the same people. Yeah, it went nowhere. And and you know what? That's why I wanted out. So I, I loved the job because there's so few things that in New York City can afford a young black man a damn near six figure salary when he's graduating from college. It was something that gave me confidence and gave me a chin up in a town that does not, you know, doesn't do that quite often. Like, did you, you have to, like, fucking knock it out of the park. Did you experience any racism while you were a copywriter? When I was a copywriter, um, doors were definitely shut. So, um, uh, and, uh, you know, advancement was limited, so to speak, but there was never any direct or hostile, I would say, like, hostile racism. There was definitely, like, you could tell by the numbers, there was never a black CEO or right, a, black, right, right. a black person in the C-suite. I mean, I can tell you that, but they were sweet as, you know, they were the sweetest molasses, but like there was never a black person in the C-suite, which told me that it was either up to me, right? Or like, or it wasn't going to happen. And I didn't want to stick around that badly. I wanted to do stand-up. So I saved my money and then I just, then I got out. Do you prefer i mean it's a ridiculous question please the overt versus the manipulative yeah 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 yeah. that's a good question i mean and it's my eyes have just been open to the manipulative right just as like a lot of people's have because because you you don't want to believe it like you don't want to believe it and yet yeah because because but you know like 
black people are not, we see a lot, but we're not truth tellers. You know, we're not right. like mystical truth tellers. We, you know, we can be as, you know, not woke as other people, right. you know? So like, and there's certain, that's like, what's wrong with pigeonholing people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and I, I will say this, like I had to wake up after George Floyd's death as well. And like, uh, you know, speak to, you know, and like have an inventory of what was going on in my own life, my own head, my own POV, all, my own experiences and all that. And um, I do, I would say that sometimes I mistook like uh, systemic racism or whatever you want to call it for people, you know, you know, if they weren't overtly calling me like the end bomb, um, then they weren't racist, you know, like right. if they didn't have hostility, like, yeah, yeah. They weren't raging. I mean, they're not racist. They're meant, Hey, everybody's a little bit racist, you know, like, right. I, and just like taking that all in and never seeing that maybe that there's like, there's a huge, you know, construction that I'm not aware of that if I triple wire somehow, then people go off. But you do know? you like, think that's because, I, I never, yeah. Because you really grew up with two very successful parents. You went to, you know, you sort of grew up a charmed kid, you know, like you had a charmed life. So, you know, when Ben calls me and tells me some of the guys on the team's life stories, I mean, he's like, mommy, I, I just want to help. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. So you were sort of, shielded from it but then you get into show business this really i just i cannot believe this story what's that you went to the first new york comedy mixer and a daily show writer says to you we tried a black guy once but it didn't work Mm -hmm. out yes 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 i i will i will not reveal who that was just just to is the person still working? I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure they are still working. It was a dumb thing. And it was a dumb thing for, you know, them to say. And it was a dumb thing for me to be gaslit by that. And because at the time, I always felt that, like, if you spoke up, then you were, you know, they'd have you thinking that there was something fundamentally wrong with you. Right. You know, that, like... But this is, dude, this is like La Casa Nostra. Don't make trouble. You'll get what you want. Right. That's not true. Right. That's not true at all. And I'm sure it's been your experience as well, that if somebody says some, you know, like some just total horseshit, some insensitive horseshit where you're like, the, you know, I'm always like, the bar for me is so low. Right. Like, like I'm giving you lots of wiggle room. And you're still, you know, like. Yeah, exactly. Still, you know. I, I often, me, you know? I talk yeah. about, you know, in my book and, and all the time, you know, when I talk to young female comics, but I used to call the clubs in the eighties, you know, before I had a manager, you know, we used to just call up bookers and be like, can I, can I work your room? And I cannot tell you how many times I would call and say, listen, I just did, you know, evening of the improv or Caroline's comedy hour. And I'd love to come in. And they're like, oh, we had a woman here two months ago and she didn't do well. So you know, we're not hiring women. That's, that's exactly what it is. But you know what it created, what, what was created, you know, tokenism creates a bottleneck, right? So even if they had one guy, they don't want to try it again. Maybe they, years later, they start doing one, you know, taking one, 
But when you are fighting for one, that is so much different than staffing. The, 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 the reality of white writers uh, uh, in their process in hiring versus uh, writers of color is so stark and so different. I could go on all day. Yeah. But it's usually for one position, G. Right. And, I know it's the same with women. Position. It's yeah. the same with women. Yeah. It's Gosh. so oh. fucking pisses me off. Hey everyone, did you know that Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the United States with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the United States? And I'm one of them. You're listening to one of them. Fast Growing Trees has everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and your space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever, forever. I just want you to know that I just got off a plane and I walked in my apartment. What was the first thing I did is I came in and said hi to Avi, my fig tree. I'm telling you, and I have Yael, which is another plant, but Fast Growing Trees has changed my atmosphere here in my apartment. You don't need a lot of space, but they do have, you know, they have stuff for outdoor spaces. But I live in an apartment, and I'm telling you, Avi and Yael, yes, they're both Jewish names, Hebrew, the space looks so much better. And I just had a conversation with Avi. Like, I was like, I missed you. I love having living things here. It's very, very, I don't know, it's made this more of a home. It's the best. And Elisa has some too. And she loves them. And she talks to them too. But she got that from me. Anyway, check out Fast Growing Trees. You need to be around plant life. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code JUDYGOLD, J-U-D-Y-G-O-L-D, at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code JUDYGOLD at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code JUDYGOLD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You're welcome. You yeah. auditioned for the twofer role on 30 Rock five times? I did. I did five times. If it at the sixth one, I should have done laser lights. I think I would have gotten it. So what um, happened? I, like you yeah. didn't you think you were gonna you get it? Like she people don't I understand that, but five fucking times, like when I go in once and then they're like, oh, yeah. they're going to call you back. And then you go back and they're like, oh, they really like you. They just want to like maybe three times, maybe I'm like five <laughs> fucking times. I had, I definitely had a nervous breakdown after that. When I didn't get it, I had a, um, I, I guess like, yeah, an episode. Yeah. And um, it really, it was, I was stupid supremely depressed after couldn't get out of bed um it was it's something to have your failure broadcast um on tv and in syndication night after night and you're thinking about all the missed opportunity and you know that's just a lot it's a lot and you know it you know it's like 
you know, oh, like, yeah, I like, had, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Comedy is just rejection. Yeah. It's 90, and the fact that it's so personal, it's such a personal art form, it's like personal rejection. You know what I mean? It's like, yes. they're not only saying, uh, well, you're too tall or whatever. It's like, oh, and, and my act, you know, it's like, it's horrible. I, I went into a very bad clinical depression in 2010. It was awful. It took, I really, mm. it really took me about two years to get out of it, two and a half years. But I wow. was up for, I did a pilot for this, it was like The View, and everyone thought, oh, the show's going to go. And then Sarah Gilbert yeah. takes the idea and the set and everything and does a show called The Talk. And I, and that wow. gets picked up instead. And I was like, I, I mean, oh when God. am I going to catch a fucking And I really thought, yeah. you know, because in your head you think, Wow, the hard work's paying off. Wow, I'm gonna be okay. And then boom. And it's yeah. just like, and it's a, it becomes a, oh, it's this business fucking sucks. All right. So <laughs> sorry for bringing that up. No, you know, no, no, no. It, no, it's, it's okay because you know what? I look at those past rejections and I think, and, and I'm like, those are not going to define me. Right. I'm going to do better than, than this you right. know? And, and get past. And you have to be oh like, God. it wasn't meant to be. Um, <laughs> this really, really freaked yeah. me out. This yeah. story yeah. that um, on the Colbert report, you rapport, you played yeah. Alan. Stephen's black yes. friend. Yeah. I mean, I look at, I love Colbert. I mean, that they had to have an actor placed in his best, his, his, his black friend, like that they had to hire someone to play right. his, like that, that in itself, yeah. like. He didn't, he didn't have anybody he could call himself. I feel as though there's, I mean, it, it points to the fact that there's a huge, even then, and, and as there is now, it's just a blind spot with well-meaning white people, especially in comedy, you know? Like, they feel as though they're going to battle it out with the foes from across the aisle without ever taking into account, you know, whatever, that they could have some, some weaknesses as well and some foibles and, like, and, you know, it, it just stood out to me that, yeah, they had to hire me and call me in and they had to think of somebody to be the black friend. I don't know what Stephen Colbert's, you know, friend, friend network looks like, but, but there, there, was a, there was a writer who, who called me up, said, asked if I could do it, and I did. And I did it about four or five times. Then, then um, they were looking for a writer. So I wrote a packet. They said they didn't know who I was. I was like, I was the guy who played. I'm Stevens. Was strange to me because they said I was, yeah. was a writer on the show. Yeah. Well, in it he says, and one of in one of the bits he goes, "That's a writer for our show. That's Alan." So, so on, the, I can play a writer, but I can't be a writer. It, we were just trying to get my 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 packet to the red to the read pile, and they were like, "Who is this guy?" And so. It, it, you know, I mean, whatever. It's it's a lot of cognitive dissonance. I know, and I love Stephen Colbert too. Even after all this, I, I mean, love I love Stephen him. Colbert. I like, love his show. But, I love yeah. him. I, yeah. When I read that, I was like, 
had I would never say, can you play my black friend? Like, my, can you play my Latina friend? Like, no, I would never say that to any, you know, the fact that they this thought, is, what yeah. year was this? What year was this? This was 2005. It was like a different day, you know? And it was like, I was like, sure, I needed, I needed to work. I needed to get Of gig. course, I, of course. I didn't really, I didn't think about those kind of things. And, you know, it's only now that I think that people are really doing the work and seeing that there's a certain toxicity to, to the status quo that we need to dispel and get rid of. And like doing small things, like not asking people to play your black friend or whatever right, the fuck right, that right, means. Right. Then looking inward and saying, oh, I don't even know that many black people is like, is, is part of just, you know, resetting this whole thing, healing all the garbage. And just, yeah, that's, that's what I think it is. I really, you know, I had to like forgive him. I had to forgive myself because I then wrote an article about it, which got me in a lot of trouble. Oh, th- is that the uh, whitewashed yeah. comedy scene and the yeah. Was- Washington Post? Yeah. yeah, trouble. Think about how that gets you in trouble, but it's good trouble, right? Is right, it, that's of good trouble. Oh. I, you know, Lewis, yeah. But that's but that's okay. But that's okay, you know, because I got in a lot of trouble. I got blacklisted for a lot for for that for a while, and and cl- and doors closed on me. But and, did you feel but, empowered by that? Or did you feel like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't have? I felt can't. like, oh, you fuck, I shouldn't have. Right. But now- Because that's what I was, yeah. But now I feel back, good about it. My ex once said to me, when I was in a situation like that, how would you feel if your kid, if your son, if Henry- you know, knew you just took that and didn't do anything mm. about it. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, right. That's true. I'd be, you know, I look, and it really, it's made me think a lot, you know, you have these children, especially like, you know, being a gay parent and the shit people say to you. Um, yeah. And I always correct them. Always. Yeah say in a kind yet firm manner don't ever say that to another gay person that is Mm. uh not you know like who's the real mother we get that at the doctor's office or when you know and like just ridiculous shit and i I, and it makes but it's you i bet now you feel like thank god i did that but it was probably hell going through that no i you never know who's reading it which is awesome too because W. Kamau Bell, oh, I love him. Years later, yeah, years later was like, "Hey, man, I read that, and that's why he hired me to write on his show." You know, and it's like, uh, and and then like recently, Chris, uh, 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 let's see, Christina Lee, who's a producer in Hollywood, mm-hmm. was like, "I, you posted that again. I read it. I loved it. Please be on my podcast." And then I had like a writer from from Veep reach out to me. You know, it's, it's, it's like, you don't know who's listening. It, and I, and I, and I'm, I, you know, I'm not, all, I'm not an angel, you know, but I, I, I do thank myself for having the integrity of just at least calling that out then, you know, I don't a lot of dumb shit, but I did, I missed our meeting, but I did that right. You know, um, right, right, and right. I think it's okay. You know, like, um, it, and it gives me like hope, like now, 
I mean, don't you think you'd you'd be in a different situation had you not done that? I mean, like, sure, you are. I would have been. Yeah. respected for that now yeah after the time went by and people you know i mean it's a good i think it's a good thing you did that even though you had to go through hell absolutely no I, and listen i'm fine i i i have a good life i i think that what what not saying saying or speaking up does to you is makes you more of a bureaucratic cog Right. And then you lose a little bit of yourself because what people don't tell you is that the industry is actually just a giant bureaucracy. Right. And, and there, and it, and it takes a skill to manage it and to be able to negotiate it. And also it's a bureaucracy run by fucking immature high school kids who think they're cool. Exactly. It, what it is, it is so. high school. It is high school. Oh, she's a burnout. Oh, she's pop. Oh, she's a loser. Oh, she, she's last year's. You when you auditioned for yeah. SNL, you um yes did your Barack impression. I did, but I had too much hair. That's what that's what um Lauren Michael said. And I was like, I'll cut it, but it was it was too late. Um so it was it was fine. I was I was so I was just so happy to be there. I, I was like having the What best was time. it like? What you was know, it well, like auditioning? I because now can I tell to, you I, when yeah. I was starting you, you auditioned too. No, yeah. I, never, I mean, we used to have, they used to have auditions at the comic strip and Catch Rising Star. And literally it was like most of the pe- com- comics that auditioned were just doing characters, you know, but it was like, Lauren was there. It was like eight, eight oh seven, eight fifteen, eight twenty three, you know, and it didn't matter. That was your only time. You, the audience could suck. Someone could spill a drink. Someone could have a heart attack. Someone could puke. The guy before you could bomb. That was your, that was it. That, it was, was, never, that was it. You, live and that's it. And that's how people, yeah. and it was in the summer. And yeah, and that's how we audition. But now what's the process like? Um, <laughs> the process at SNL is yeah. like you, you get, um, you're given a contract to sign before you even audition, sign your life away. Um, you're put into one of the, like the, the, uh, the green rooms that they have guests in and things like that. It's you next door to, to the people that you're competing against. Luckily it was me and Donald Glover. Um, Donald and I knew each other. So we were just having a great time. And the person that went up before me, Judy bombed. So I felt good. I went up and it and was And you saw was the person? Yeah. You saw the person? I, I spied. I spied. And they totally bombed and it was fine. And you know, I'm horrible. I love someone to bomb before I go up so that I do. <laughs> I love, you know what I love? I'm horrible because I love when someone says the audience sucks. Then I can't yeah. wait to go on like, oh, really? <laughs> the audience sucks? All right, let's see. <laughs> they were so tight how they yeah. came all the way here wanting to yeah. laugh. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, he was, it was like, it was crazy. Wait, I, I didn't and ring it, the bell for Lauren. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I, I, I didn't, okay. Now I, I just learned, learned my own yeah. story. But so, um, I didn't know, I didn't know how crazy it would be. It was totally fine. The, the entire cast was there. They watch you, you know, Keenan Thompson came up to me after said, I did a great job. Like everybody said I did a good job. And so it was like, I didn't get it. It's okay. You know, the, you know, the audition 
that I remember the most and will forever go, be burning. Go, 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 go. Is the comedy seller. There is nothing, like you had to remind me that I auditioned for SNL. The comedy seller was the most harrowing four minutes right. of my life. Right. Are you fucking kidding me? For, I mean, SNL could have like, like changed whatever, right? But right, right, right. this was like, SD had, okay, I go in, I've got the appointed time. I've <laughs> got the appointed time. You, you know, you go see the Empress and then like, you know, I, I don't know. I'm like, people are kissing her cheek, her hand. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? So like, so I sit, she's like, sit down. So I sit down. Then there's Kirsten's there. And, and Mosey's there and she's like, you're going up tonight. She seems confused. I was like, oh my God, I, I got the email that I was supposed to go up. Is that still happening, you know? And then like, and then she's like, she's like, I slide into the table. She's like, can you not sit here for, can you not sit here? I was like, oh my God, I sat at the table. Oh, oh my God. God. So then I did that. I'm fucking up. I'm fucking up, right? Did you want to throw so then, up? I, of course I did. Are you kidding oh, me? Oh, that's awful. Like you weren't allowed to, to sit at hand. the comics table? Yes. I mean, I, I, I respect all of it. You know, I respect all of it. I get it. I get it. I get it. And she's trying to get in your head. Right. And she wants to see if you've got what it takes. So then Kirsten and Mosey, who are angels, descend on her and just they're like, I can I can overhear them saying he's a good guy. He's a good comic. Da, 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 da. He just didn't know this and that, you know, can't wait. You should to- totally go down and see him, you know. So I have my eleven fifteen on a and you're on a already paranoid. You're already paranoid. Okay. So paranoid. Eleven fifteen on a Thursday. I'm like mouth takeover because brain is gone. I go down. I've been, you know, just I'm doing it like I'm doing my routine four times a night for like weeks just to get ready for this. And I get applause breaks, murder destroy. It's the funniest you'll ever be, right? She's still in the doorway at the end. I don't even hear the words she says, you know? She's just like, I just hear avails. I hear avails and I walk not to the left, but to the right out the door. Oh my God, you didn't go upstairs? Yeah. No way. Are you out of your fucking mind? Like, (laughs) I was just like, I couldn't, you know? I mean, I couldn't. But then the next time I came back in, everybody's like, hey, kid, you lost your cherry and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, that was... That was a New York moment. Because that was that's like, all, yeah, it's like I'm in this community. I, pe- yeah. you know, it's uh, yeah. And by the way, there's nothing political about what SD does. Right. If the crowd likes you, she doesn't say, "Well, um, for these reasons, I can't." Unless you're an asshole or something like that. Right. 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 For these reasons, I can't book you. She gauges the audience. She's looking at the audience. She takes you. You know. She takes that in and gives you the stamp. You know, that's all she wants is laughs at the club. Right. The rest is politics. Yeah. So I remember, you know, like I remember Manny, who used to own the comedy cellar. Now Noah, his son, owns it. And Esty, can I tell you, Esty was hot. Like she was so beautiful. And she, um, she would sit in the, in the, every night she would sit smoking her cigarette at the back of the room yeah, and the and it wasn't full in the late '80s and early '90s. The, wow. the cellar yeah. was empty. I used to sit in the back with um, uh, Daryl Hammond, 
Uh, he yes. would go and he would, I would be like, Daryl, do Phil, Phil um, Donahue, do this, do that. Um, and we'd just sit in the back and we'd all yell at each other and it was just great. And now it's yeah. like a fucking, oh my God. It's every it's room is packed. Yeah. Yeah. Every room's a zoo. It's given me confidence through the years. Right. Audition. Of course. And yeah. don't you feel like you, you, you know, like I feel like I get in very big funks, um, I get depressed. I get anxious. I call Goldman, Gary Goldman. Uh, <laughs> but sweetie, I love him. He's the greatest. But going in there, it's like going home. It's really like you walk in. You're like, hey, oh, who's here? Oh, I'm gonna sit with my brother, my sister. You know what I mean? It's just absolutely. It really is. It's such a community. I have another question before we have our last two questions. Okay. How do you feel about Kamala Harris? I love Husband. I am, I am. Husband. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Step kids. <laughs> okay. Mamala, as her kids call her. Yes. Um, I I think she I think she was the pick all along. I think it was like, I was like, who else was going? It, right. It, it, it was. You know, I, I didn't see it being Elizabeth Warren only because they would have like nailed her on that stupid Pocahontas thing. Which, oh like, God, I can't, I know. Want to take hostages. And re- as long as Republican strategists are upset about it, which they are because it's not Suzanne Rice, you know, like right. it's the one, it's, it's out, she hasn't been here long enough. It's like how Obama got in in 20, in 20. Right, because if you have, if you have 30 years of shit that they can bring up, you know, but they don't. Also, I, you know, you think of all the other women who he was going, you know, considering, they're all going to be in his cabinet. Like, I think Pocahontas should be um, Secretary of Education. <laughs> like, get rid of Betsy DeVos and have Elizabeth oh my, Warren. Oh, my God. Yeah. And there's definitely an Anything. attorney general in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, there's a, mm-hmm. a secretary of state in there, Susan Rice. There is... You know, it's sad that it takes an old white guy to be like, all right, everyone calm down. I'll come in and take care of this. And that's exactly what happened. We need we need him as a conduit. But it's and and don't forget the Stacey Abrams of it all. Right. Oh, I love her. She's figuring in, you know, where is she? Is she um, is she chief of staff? Is she you know, like where is she? Yeah, she she would be a great chief of staff. I love her. And she's fucking smart. I'm happy about it. I I am too. And it's like, I remember when, you know, Obama became president and um, I just, they walked out there that him and Michelle and Malia and Sasha. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so proud to be American. Like I, there are some moments I, I really remember. Like I remember when Clinton said the, the word gay and lesbian the first time included us in the no matter you're black and we were all like oh my god like it was just one word but it was like yeah yeah we're yeah. equal and then obama was like oh my god this country's great like i really thought i was i was i i just can't believe where we are now as compare and that i was so naive to think right. oh if we could get an african american president you know, we're going to keep moving forward with this racism. Well, and it's not, you know, it's, yeah. 
Well, it's it's a constant struggle, right? right? Like you can you can emancipate, but then you have like Reconstruction, Jim Crow follows, segregation, like all this stuff. Like you know, for as for as much progress as you make, people will always have a backlash. You right. Have to fight, you have to be the backlash. Be the backlash, you know, yeah. in order to like push us along. Because in the end, there's more there's more of us than them. Yeah. And like you know, I think this country is changing. It's going through through definite like spasms to do it but like you know the road the road ain't the road ain't easy yeah you know the road ain't easy and it's definitely aging me oh my god i know i can't sleep now all right here's my two last questions this is what i ask sure i I ask everyone number one we're very pro mental health that you mentioned that you had an episode i suffer from depression anxiety adhd I, i got it all what what do you take antidepressants? What do you do for your mental health? What I do for my mental health is I don't take antidepressants. However, I do take THC and uh, CBD. And that Me too, baby! Wait, have you ever taken yeah, antidepressants? Yeah, yeah. I have never taken them, and here's why. Because they the, the therapist, and, 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 and of course, deals with race, but like um, they don't give Black people medicine at the same um, um rate that they do white people so like what? yeah like like for pain medicine they give white people that's why white people are more addicted to opioids than than, uh, than black people are because they give you all opioids more frequently than they give us opioids because they think one we're faking it two we have a higher threshold for pain which you I mean I mean emotionally maybe but like like that's that's a real deal thing I Cannot believe I never knew that. That is disgusting. That is that makes me fucking physically ill. Yeah, truth, just truth. But wow. Yeah. So there's that. Okay. There's that. Um, But I think I just I really enjoy THC CBD. I know. Me too. Yeah. It just takes those those fucking noises in my head. Right, right. Say this and that, and it dulls them. It just right, dulls and them. it's also and like, like, and yeah. you know, like I've been in so much therapy. I've been in cognitive behavioral therapy and regular therapy, mm-hmm. and and just saying, just learning. I learned how to identify the feeling and figure out: is it real, or is it something I'm making mm-hmm. up? Is it made out of fear? Mm-hmm. Is it? And then it's like, all right, bye, take care. Done with yeah. you, you know. Um, okay. Be good. The, the podcast is called Kill Me Now because, as you know, everything annoys me. So, uh, and I'm always like, oh, my God, kill me now. I can't take it. So what pisses you off more than anything, like, makes you fucking so angry, crazy, mad? Um, my home state of Texas right now. That That just really gets it irks me it gets under my skin i can't fucking take texas and it's hard to turn my back on my home state despite all of the the willful ignorance the not wearing masks the sending children back to school just the willful and wanton destruction fuck face cruise how are we gonna get him out how the fuck are we gonna get that motherfucker out well it's When it comes to statewide competition, Beto doesn't have him quite yet. Right. The state is, turn- the tur- the state is turning purple, which okay. is wonderful. Right. But I'd say right. one more cycle and this fuckhead is out. I, I think it's, it's going to be a scum. scum. 
It's a scandal. Yeah, it's got to be something. It's oh my god! You something. know he's fucking fucking other women. There's something going, and that beard is so fucking. He's such a fucking asshole. The fact that he called his wife ugly, and she's still like, "Fuck you, you piece of shit." And his kids hate him. Too. Yeah, hate him. Oh, they won't even touch him. Yeah, they won't touch him. Yeah, fucker. Well, he's yeah. I, I I so it's not a great time for my state. When I was a child, I had. I was lucky because I had people like Ann Richards. Ann Richards. Ann Richards I loved Ann Richards. One of my agents worked for her. Uh, really? I became an agent and I love her. I love her daughter, uh, Cecile Richards. Yeah. I love, I, uh, when she became governor, I was like, wow. You know, but, you know, yeah. now look at us. We have that. But ima- imagine that when, when, I'm, when I'm a kid, you know, I've got like, that's who I'm. Right. That's my governor. That's who right. you're looking up to. And they're like, right. yeah, you know. We're a great state, you know. Like this is pretty awesome. That my did you see the one person show? Her the one person show. Yes, yes. so good. Yeah, yeah. So good. um, Holland Taylor, baby, she's fucking great. Yes, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I saw it. I lived it. It was awesome. (laughs) Jordan, I could talk to you all day. I can't thank you enough. I'm so glad this finally worked out. Um, You're doing a you do a show with one of my other faves, Michelle Buteau. Who, by the way, I told her this, but I find I think she's one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. Of course, I mean, like she is beautiful, like yeah, a work of art. Um, And that's coming from a nice lesbo. So, um, (laughs) so you do a show on is it is it NPR WMYC? So, so um, the the the. The podcast that we did was was on WNYC. We're finding a new home for it now. Okay. However, and I think you're already booked, but I'm now the head writer for uh, Drew Barrymore show, and I. I no, you're wait. not. Yeah. My son yeah. works there. What? Henry. What's now? What's happening? Henry's the PA. <laughs> Henry Callahan, go, baby. That's so funny. For, I better be booked, I'm but I'm not for, booked. I'm not booked. I don't have anything on my fucking schedule. Jordan, can you write me something? Write me a recurring thing, please. I'll do man on the street. I fucking love her. Of course. You know. Well, no. you have an eight. You're going to need like an eight foot microphone. Uh, I know. I heard. But yeah. Yeah. But I'm down. You're done. Yeah. yeah done. Oh, done. tough. Jason Kurtz. Do you know Jason? Yes. Yes. Jason was, I work, he was an intern when I worked at Rosie. He was the wow. kid's nanny. He was Henry's nanny one summer on. here in Provincetown. I, I love, Jordan, that's fucking great. I know, I'm excited. I'm really excited. You bet, Jordan, yeah. I better be booked. I'm talking, yeah. Yes. On it like a bonnet. Don't and worry about it. And say hi to Henry. Say hi to Henry. He's doing, you know, he loves it. He fucking loves it. I'm going to reach out. I, I right. love this. Yeah, I like yesterday was my first day, so this is it's all happening. All right, it's going to be a great show too. Yeah, Ellen's down El Tubos. Um, <laughs> all right, where can when where can I, where can people find you? Yes, please on Twitter at Jordan Carlos or on Instagram at the Realer Jordan Carlos, which is just a stupid. Joke. Well, I know. But, um, yeah, 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 yeah. But that's that's me. Find me. I'm always on IG, put it, posting pictures of my darling little children, um, because people seem to like those better than pictures. I know. Yeah, so, I know. so it's fine. It's fine. 
but um, yeah, that's where I'm at. And uh, I'm going to start posting from from the Drew show as well. I'm excited to do that. And, uh, and you're going to yeah. get Judy Gold on the Drew show. So that's great. Take you're care. Goddamn right. Thank you so much for listening to part two of Kill Me Now with my friend Jordan Carlos. How fucking great is he? If you like the show, I mean, you know what? I, I'm not saying that if you like the show, because how can you not like the show? Just do me a favor, subscribe to the show and leave a review. It helps more people find this amazing podcast. Five stars only, please. And speaking of five stars, if you have not purchased my book, yes, I can say that when they come for the comedians, we're all in trouble. You are in big, fat, hairy trouble. It is a great book. I'm getting great reviews. Comics love it. Uh, Non-comics love it. Comedy fans love it. And the audiobook which I narrate, was featured in New and Noteworthy in the New York Times book review, and my parents are dead, okay? So do me a favor. Go and buy the book. I need the money. And it's really good. I'm really proud of it. Robin Bronk, I mentioned this last year. She's the head of the Creative Coalition. And she's told, she literally said to me that I feel like this book is the game of life version of the First Amendment, okay? So... There you go. Really would mean a lot to me if you would check it out. And you can order it uh, on the homepage of judygold.com. There's all these links. You can get it wherever books are sold. If you buy it from Amazon, please do a review, a five-star review, because there's a couple of haters who, you know, have to give me one star just to try to bring down my, you know, my star here. So go, go, please, please do it. Please, I need you. Also, follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram for all upcoming viral shows, outdoor shows. I'm performing in Provincetown um, into sept- the first week of up until the first week of September or second week of September. I don't know Labor Day, and any dates. Just follow me at, at Judy Gold J E W D Y G O L D. You know, like Jew Gold. And thank you again so much for listening. Be well, be safe, wear a mask, vote, and as we always say, so long. <laughs> And uh, everything was wonderful. I'll see you soon. Thank you for the visit. So long. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.